2: Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. You know, that means it's the date, the edition of the program. Our best program of the week Paula is Paula's here in studio with us. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And what we do here every weekday at 4 o'clock is take your phone calls and answer your Bible questions. And then on Thursday, you get the really bright one in our family. And she gets to encourage and answer any questions. All you have to do is call us. Dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local area here in San Antonio, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can send questions in using our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you're in the area, you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. And if you want to do that, um, we'd love to have your questions. Just hit call now. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Hey, can I do one little bit of business, Paula, before we get started? Um, uh, We were uh, informed that our 5 o'clock in the morning radio program on KSLR... Uh, has been removed for a couple of weeks while they're doing a special thing on Israel. Um, the, the The show is playing at 6 o'clock in the evening. So uh, we get off the air at 5, so uh, then you get Rander Draper, and then I can't remember who's on after that. And then we're on, but then we're going back to our normal 5 o'clock time that we've had for a very, very long time. It's our teaching program, not the live show. It's not a repeat of this, but it's the teaching, the verse-by-verse A study through the Bible that we do here at Calvary Chapel. We have been privileged to be on KSLR uh, for a lot of years with that teaching program. uh, And uh, we're on radio stations all over the country. So uh, if you've been looking for us, we've had a bunch of people call and others send texts and emails. Uh, That's where we've been. We'll be right back at five o'clock in, I think, another week. Uh, Until then, you can catch it at six o'clock in the evening. Paula, now it's your show. (laughs) Well, thank you.
3: Happy um, first day of our 50th year.
2: (laughs) I said that this morning, and I thought, wow, I sound old, don't I?
3: (laughs) We are old, but that's okay.
2: If the shoe fits?
3: Yeah. What year is this? 2019? Yeah. Man. You know what else? It's not going to get any better? No. Oh, what? It's my
2: 50th high school reunion. Ooh. (laughs) Are we going? Later this year. I am decided (laughs) yet. It's really depressing because you're looking at a bunch of people and saying, wow, I'm glad I don't look like them. And then about halfway through the evening, you realize that they're looking at you saying, wow, I'm glad I don't look like them.
3: (laughs) Well, the 40th one that we went to of yours was, can I just say, horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to go, yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, on that, and, and this is off the subject. <laughs> but at our fortieth, yeah. I, I remember my your fortieth. Uh, my fortieth. My yeah, I would just this, tag along. Just, yeah, you were there, but uh, I, I ran into my first love, Cheryl Butler. Yeah, I remember the girl, the the the, the most popular girl in school. She uh-huh. didn't know my name. You know, I just but but I was so in love with her. Mm-hmm. And um, when I saw her at the fortieth reunion, reunion. Mm-hmm. All I could think was Jesus, thank you, thank you, for follow- thank, thank you, God. I, I am so grateful. And, and uh, so, so
3: there are some good things that come out of it. You know, She's still pretty popular. Good <laughs> things in all things. <laughs> We better quit. You give the girl's first and last name. That's not right. Oh, well, nobody knows her. I mean, she's... Somebody. Yeah. Uh, Maybe more than
2: one or two. Okay. Her name was not what I said it was.
3: Her initials are CB. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Yeah, maybe she got a married name by now. There you go. Okay. Good job. That's right. It's not probably that any longer... (laughs) <laughs> okay so i repeat Never myself. Mind. now it's your show yeah. what, what's on your heart well you know we still i'm still kind of reeling excitedly from the women's retreat and just for uh the ladies out there i'm gonna invite you now it's march 5th to the 7th that's why i asked what year it is a uh, march 5th to the 7th 2020 and so you know you i don't have my i don't have my theme yet but maybe by next week let me suggest a theme,
2: is just be with Jesus.
3: <laughs> yeah, we could do that, but that's you guys. You know, we're a little more, you know, adventurous than, see, all, than you. But see, the only
2: planning we have to do Yeah. for our retreat. Change color of the shirt, huh? Just, 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 no, we have to pick the color. <laughs> okay. That takes some committee meetings. But other than that, we're ready to go.
3: <laughs> you guys, yeah.
2: And our men's retreat is coming up in September. I don't have the dates right in front of me, but... We'll be talking about that as well. But uh, the retreat a great thing. Before you go on retreats, I said yesterday on the program that that I wanted you to sort of tell your story. About when we met? the day that we met 49 years ago yesterday.
3: Yeah, you know I was home listening. I was like, oh my goodness, (laughs) here we go again. But anyway, let me finish my invitation. Oh, okay. March 5th through 7th, 2020 at Camp Buckner. And we probably, unless they raise the rates, we we won't be raising the rates either. But... um, so if you start saving $10 a month now, you'll be ready. You can ask your boss now, especially for those of you who are going to go look for a new job. You can say, okay, I, I really need this job, but on Thursday, March 5th <laughs> through Saturday, I've got to have those days off because these retreats are seriously life-changing events. and." You want me to be a better employee, right? So (laughs) I think this would be in everybody's best interest. So anyway, March 5th through 7th, 2020. And and we really need to come in. And um, we had two Monday nights, the last two Monday nights, uh, retreat reflections. And they were, well, the second one I don't think got live streamed. Well, maybe it did. But anyway, they're on the archive, and everyone should go back and listen. And then when you come to church... Hunt these ladies down so they can kind of tell you the rest of the story. It, it would you, everyone would do well. I mean, everyone, every testimony was different. You know, this past Monday with Melissa, you know, just talking about family dynamics. You know, unsaved family and not being raised in a particularly loving family. You don't learn how to be a particularly loving person, and so you kind of just the motion just keeps going and we want to put that cog in the wheel and stop it. But sometimes it just doesn't work out. And so she's praying that the Lord will send a, like a stranger, somebody that they don't know even to, um, minister the gospel, the same thing she's been saying and trying to live out, but that maybe they could see and hear from someone else, which is what happened with you, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> and then, you know, with Laurie. Griffin, um, she just had anger and unforgiveness in her heart because of her first marriage, and she brought it into her second one, which isn't fair to her husband now, you know. But she she said when we came back from the retreat, uh, the, the lesson you did on, you know, the song, Do You Want to Know a Secret? Oh, wow. Yeah,
2: she she had. That was my singing debut, not my debut. I've actually sang once before. You did
3: sing once before. Yeah, I but, love you, Lord. I love, yeah, yeah, I was but, shocked. But
2: but but I, I sort of sang. Do you want to know a secret? Mm-hmm. Just just the opening lines, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. And, um, and once everybody recovered from the shock, I was able to
3: <laughs> move on with it. talk and about we,
2: keeping secrets.
3: Yeah, and and so she didn't realize how deep down that secret really truly was until the retreat and then the backup of your teaching and she just had to come to realization i'm holding a lot of anger and unforgiveness for my first marriage and so um facing that you know you get to say okay lord um because the theme was all glory to god well okay lord you've you've cleansed my heart or you've you've shined this in my heart and so now i give this to you to be cleansed of it so more glory comes and now the girl she is serving this is her church she is in love with this church she's in love with jesus she's in love with the word and the body of christ and and she's just changing you know paul
2: obviously we do a lot of marriage counseling and one of the things that we've seen repeated over the years is that um you can change spouses but if you don't change you all of the same issues go into the next marriage. Yes, they do. And, um, you know, we wonder, why aren't we ever happy? Why can't we find somebody? And we finally get to the place where, is this something wrong with me? And that's when the Holy Spirit then is free to sort of work. So I'm glad to hear that about Lori.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then with Lydia, and she's she's been around, but um, she works a lot, and she has family dynamics as well. But um, she was able to make it this year. She was so thankful that um, her boss was able to, you know, let her off. Well, she had home uh, situations with a daughter who's not living right. And um, on her way to the retreat, the Lord, because she wanted to hear, Lydia wanted to hear from the Lord. Well, on the way to the retreat, because she was in the car alone, she said that the Lord was telling her, you need to ask them for forgiveness. You know, I mean, their lives are messed up, but you are the one who needs to ask them for forgiveness. And so she did exactly that. And so before she even got to the retreat, her heart was clear and ready to receive from the Lord. And so she tells the story of of that and and how her daughter had um, written her a, a card and it was in the car. And she said, I am not reading this until I get my heart right with you, Lord, because I'm going to read it with anger and bitterness and, (laughs) you know. And so after she got her heart right and it was in the quiet time that she opened up her card from her daughter. And it was, Mom, I am so sorry. You have been through so much and you have been such a rock. And please forgive me. She, oh, my gosh, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So listen to that. But everybody was different. And then Raina was here. You know, she called in telling us that she's, she
2: came to church last night, too. I was so She sure did. To see her.
3: Yeah. And she's already talking about, you know, because she's a nurse. Uh, uh, when she gets released, she's going to, you know, volunteer back at Malta. And, and, and maybe she can be a nurse now for children because she's a pediatric nurse for children who have cancer. And so she's already talking about her great future of how she can help others
1: mm-hmm.
3: and their parents walk through and knowing how. Our miracle-working God can, if that's His desire, work in their lives as well. And so, um, but you—you could tell that chemo has affected her vocal cords because she, you know, she has that chemo brain voice. That's what she called it. Um, but she's doing well,
2: and, and she shared at the re- reflection.
3: She did. Oh, mm-hmm. praise mm-hmm. the Lord! Mm-hmm. She sure did. And then, of course, we yeah, heard.
2: Let me say, I, I just—I just love um, um, when. People have really gone through difficult stuff. I mean, she, Raina was pronounced terminal several times, yeah. and yeah. and and even the last gasp attempt at at uh, the surgery that they mm-hmm. said, "Oh, you couldn't, you can't survive the surgery." There
3: was a what a ten percent chance of survival. Yeah. and
2: uh, and yet she she it was her only chance. Yeah, and uh, not only did she make it through the surgery, but uh, announced this week on the program that she was pronounced cancer free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just almost unfathomable you know you you you, you expect the worst mm-hmm. in these situations mm-hmm. and try to prepare for it and then to hear this remarkable thing and she can speak to others of us um with a with this level of authority that the rest of us just don't have because we have mm-hmm. been through that mm-hmm. we all go through stuff mm-hmm. but um when, when she's gone through uh, horrible horrible stuff yeah so
3: and you know I, I remember a long time ago we saw this movie. I think the title was The Doctor. Well, he, that doctor was now the patient. And so he's on the other side to see, you know, the compassion or not, the, the care or not, you know, um, and the importance of a person or not. So Raina being a nurse and now being a patient
2: I'd i sure want her to be my nurse now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Raina's probably not listening today. She's got all kinds of stuff going on, but oh, yeah. but uh, what a hero she has mm-hmm. been mm-hmm. For, for for me personally yeah. and for so many of us. And yeah. um her and Carl have been in my prayers over the last year, maybe more than anybody ever mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just thrilling to see God get get a win like this.
3: Yeah. Well, you probably were praying for them every bit as much as you've been praying for Victor and Gail and Orville yeah. and Diane and the kids, because then Gail, uh, who was on the radio program with us last week, shared again uh, last night, because not only does a radio listening audience need to hear, you know, how heroic they've been, Jesus walking with them and them holding on to Jesus with everything, Um the, the live stream audience and the rest of Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, needed to hear um, about Nehemiah, you know, and, and though God knew ahead of time, you know, she shared again that um, the Lord let her know that he couldn't, he just, it, it wasn't right for him to withhold Nehemiah from them, even though they only had him for the eight years. But what a joy. Yeah. you know what a joy he was and and last night you know the the picture that Sam put up there on the screen that face that smile it's one of those that you'll never forget mm-hmm. you know it's, it you I, I wanted to touch the screen you know and uh, one yeah, thing,
2: awesome. last night for those of you in the audience who aren't aware um last, <clears throat> yesterday was the the uh, 1 year anniversary of of uh, Victor and Gail and the kids uh, losing uh, their Little brother Nehemiah, mm-hmm. and um, we 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 didn't have a memorial, but we wanted to talk about it a little bit at the start of the message um, last night. And uh, the one thing that's clear is not only was he was he such a joy, he still is. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, the, the the boy's heart for Jesus um, from the time he got here. Um, it's not something he caught; it's just something he had. And uh, if ever was uh, a person prepared to go meet Jesus, uh, Nehemiah was. And um, you're right. have been praying for victory. You
1: know. mm-hmm. I am going to say, I <laughs> yeah, don't think the there was way. much of a,
3: so, a difference between the intensity and, and, and but, amount.
2: Yeah, and our point here is if you're going through something uh, and you think nobody's ever been through what you're going through, um, go to CalvaryEssay.com mm-hmm. and listen to these Brief testimonies. There not, there's not a lot of them, and you can going kind to of get through them quickly if you want to. But, but um, you you can see this all sufficient grace of God in what we would most of us consider impossible circumstances. Um, all. all God will be there for you as He was for them. Yeah. Hey, before you go on, Paula, we're still. We would still love your phone calls and questions uh, on the State Day Show three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero K S L R. Paula.
3: Okay. Yeah. I have. I have just want two more, really, really quick. One lady. Uh, it was her second retreat, but her first one. She kind of lost out because she just got lost in her service. Serving is good. But if you don't take the time to sit and really retreat and be still before the Lord, how are you going to hear from them? And so um, she did better this year. Uh, But she's just a real shy kind of stay to herself kind of person, even though she's serving. She's still very reserved. And but yet she's I'm so proud of her because she asked me, she goes, you know who I am. But if you want me to share, I will. She asked me, so I was like, Okay, you go first. She's like, okay, okay, I'll get out of the way. And so uh, but she she found um through Sherry's that's the second uh, lady who did the, the devotion at the retreat, not one of the teachings, but devotion she um listened to her testimony and hope was restored to her. And so just the fact that she was up there, I'm looking at her Up there behind that microphone in front of all these ladies Monday night saying, this is a miracle. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. And then uh, almost a pastor's wife, I think she used to be at one time, another Sherry, not the one who did the devotion, but another Sherry. um, She used to hide in churches um, and not, not open up because she was filled with so much pain, depression, and anxiety because of how... The church was that she was, the churches that she was involved in were, and she said she was looking for transparency. And um, her testimony was that she found that here at Calvary Chapel San Antonio. It was just like a a breath of fresh air. You know, I think I'm not the brightest bulb in the box um, by any stretch of the imagination, but I do believe that the one thing the Lord has given me is an openness to say, hey, look, we're just going to grow together in the Lord together. Um, you know, I, I, I pray I don't lord it over people. You know, the the girls who are in the rotation with me teaching, I'm in the front row with my pen and paper learning from them. I'm not the one saying, you know, they're not looking to me to give the answer. Um, I'm learning at the same time. And so uh, she was she was really thrilled with that, that she didn't have to put on airs of being the all-knowing one, and if she didn't know, you know feeling guilty, and so um, yeah, so she was thrilled, and she says, and I love the fact that there's all ages and sizes and nationalities and levels of um, of walk here in the church, which is what it should be so
2: she was thrilled a couple of things one, as you were talking about depression, you mentioned uh, I think this whole spirit was saying, you know we need to do a show on depression one day there's so many people that that struggle, so we'll kind of make that note and prayerfully pick the right time. But the other thing, when you, when you said, uh, and this is a problem that we always have in church, people say, well, everybody's putting on their churchy face and they're putting on airs. And, and I think 100% of the time, the reason that they perceive that is because they're putting on airs. They're the ones who are struggling with pride. And they've got to be willing to open themselves up regardless of what anybody's going to say or think. And, um, you know, we, we, um, we've heard all the excuses. Well, you know, there's cliques in churches and, oh, there's the in crowd and those kind of things. That's simply not the case. Our in crowd is everybody who hangs who, who on the door. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think the really important thing here is to understand that, that we have to change our approach to church and our involvement in church. Um, we got to get rid of this consumer mentality. Got to see if I'm comfortable. Got to see if it, it, you know if the church meets my needs, kind of thing. Instead, we got to show up to church to be a servant of the Most High God to wash some feet, figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one other thing I want to ask you because I, I was really hoping that Wanda would be on the on the show oh, on I Thursday, know. yeah, and she couldn't be here. She mm-hmm. had something else that, that she had to do. Uh, but talk about the foot washing ministry this year at the at the retreat again.
3: We still should have her. And or a couple of those ladies who do wash the feet, you know, um, but that is an incredible ministry. Uh, The humility that it takes to you have no idea whose feet you are going to be washing, what condition they're in. That doesn't really matter to them. I've washed feet before, too. um, But I remember getting my having my feet washed. Oh, my goodness. That takes humility as well. More so. Oh, my goodness. And then you think um, you're almost to me. It was like I was looking into the face of Jesus, you know, like in in John 13, I think it is um, where he girded himself to wash the feet of his followers, his disciples. You know, Judas first, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um, But, yeah, when the ladies come who humble themselves and say okay, I'm going to wash my feet, because I've had some people say, oh, you are not going to wash my feet. No, and they put their feet up under their chair with their (laughs) feet wrapped around the legs of the chair. Paul Paul is doing that right mm -hmm. now. They're like, (laughs) you are not touching my feet. And Okay, like Jesus said, if if I don't wash you, you have no part of me, you know, kind of a thing. But when when they let down their pride, and while you're washing, while you're getting your feet washed, the flood of... The awareness of Jesus' love just it, it it almost forces you to confess <laughs> the ugliness that is in there. You know, because he's wanting not only to wash your feet, he's wanting to wash your very heart and your mind. And so that when you get up, you don't have nice clean feet, but it's it's almost like baptism, you know, going into the water and coming out like a funeral, you're dying, and then you come out and you're alive again, getting your feet washed, you're now walking on holy ground now with prepared feet.
2: Yeah, and you know, Paula, when hearts are right, it really is Jesus washing your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's figurative, of course, but, but it really is Jesus, his hands touching your feet. And like Peter you're aware of, mm-hmm. Depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Mm-hmm. And when we when we understand that so
3: just well, touch, human touch. Yeah. You know, it's 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 almost like the ministry of the haircutters everywhere we go. Just For your, joy of Jesus. For joy of Jesus, yeah. Somebody touching me with with you know, you, you have dirty hair. We went one place they had lice everywhere. Lice everywhere. It just the human touch. Yeah
2: point of all of this is don't miss your church's retreats go by faith expecting God to do something
1: mm-hmm.
2: we've got 30 minutes left in the date day show we'll shift gears on the other side of the break but we'd love your live calls and questions 340-9585 ladies if you need to be encouraged Paula is the one we'll be back in two minutes
0: back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630 KSLR. Now here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
2: Welcome back to the program. I know I was laughing because I'm only I just mechanically say welcome back to the show. Mm-hmm. But it, they've only gone two minutes.
3: <laughs> and they tuned in, right?
2: That's not even they time enough for a good bathroom break. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 340-9585 <laughs> hey, yeah. for your live calls and questions. Okay, Paula, I want you to tell the story.
3: Oh my goodness.
2: Because we get asked all the time, how did you make it 49 years and yeah. that kind of stuff?
3: Yeah. Okay, so the story as I remember is you gave me a phone call. And, well, first, this guy named Bruce, Larry Bruce, called me and said that he gave my phone number to some guy. And I was like, What? You know, you don't give out a girl's phone number without asking first. He's telling me he already did it. But maybe I think,
2: I think back in the 60s, it was OK. Really? Yeah. That's it's changed now. But. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it was actually 1970. That he was giving my phone number out. And so on on March 20th, 1970, you called. Or was it March 19th? Did you call the day before? You called that day? day. Maybe you better tell a story because, you know, I'm getting old. (laughs) But but how I remember is uh, you called and and asked if you could come over. And I was like, well, no, I have a date already. And uh, you said, well, I'll uh, I'll call back in 30 minutes. Break it. And you just hung up. And I was like, who is this little arrogant thing? And so I was like, I'm going to break this date. See who this guy is. (laughs) And uh, so you called back in the 30 minutes, and you said, did you break the day? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I think I added because I'm proud. It was just some guy my mom liked, you know, so (laughs) no big deal. Go ahead, come over, whatever, kind of thing. And uh, so you came over, and I'm going to tell the story, Pastor Ron. We've talked about this over the years, but you say, no, let me just say it how I say it. I opened the door, and it was love at first sight, and I heard this voice say, this is the one for life. And in my mind, I slammed the door in your face. And then I opened it again, because that was rude. Um, but yeah, it was like, wow.
2: But you didn't slam the door <laughs> in my face. You were very polite. You invited me in. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe that was the devil. you <laughs> I don't know,
3: but... Uh, Oh, fear. fear. Yeah, fear. Fear for sure. What? The one for life? And so anyway, uh, so you came in, and and it was just love at first sight, and you just seemed to stay and stay and stay, and And what did we talk about? I don't even know. Was my little cousin there who kept sitting between us? Was that that the first day? Anyway, it was love at first sight, so you wanted to take over. That's good. (laughs) I asked you to tell the story. So the next day, you know, once my mom finally made you go home, like, boy, don't you have a home? And yes, She came at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh huh. We were just sitting on the couch still talking. Huh? And uh, so you came by the next morning, I mean, well, that same morning later, because uh, you're going to the beach. And I can't believe my mom let me go. I oh, don't know. She didn't love me that much anyway. She was like, go home with him, go home. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I'd already made plans. We're going to go surfing with two of my friends. Uh And um, so I, I couldn't blow them off, but I wanted to include you. So we put them in the back seat, and you and I just ditched them all day while we walked around Newport Beach, California.
3: And as we were walking along, I saw this old couple. They're younger than us, Wally, right now, huh? I mean, at that time. But
2: I'm sure they were at least a hundred,
3: <laughs> well, maybe 'cause they were kind of they were kind of hunched over a little bit, but you know, I remember he had on these plaid shorts that weren't all that short the The black belt was right up under his chest um he had on like high black socks, and I'm not sure if he had on hard shoes or just sandals with socks on. I oh, hope I'm not describing somebody's outfit right now. <laughs> Saying, yeah, that sounds good. Um, and uh, a hat, a shirt, of course. And then his wife had a big brim hat on and a muumu. If you don't know what a muumu is, you can Google that. And you'll say, woo, <laughs> maybe she was 100.
0: <laughs>
3: but uh, they were holding hands, walking along the, you know, on the sidewalk there. And I said to you, Wow, wouldn't it be nice if we grow old together like that? That's our first date. Mm-hmm. I'm just all right. We're married. We're going to get married see, one day, right?
2: See, you you were a prophetess.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, evidently, huh? <laughs> Didn't know not saved, but... But, but imagine, uh,
2: for you in the audience, imagine you don't even know someone. Conversation is like two strangers. Yeah. But you're crazy, silly in love instantly. That's crazy. And... Um, the, the the added element that Paula had that I didn't have, I certainly didn't have any voice in my head other than wow, she's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, but this is the one for life, and you gotta wrestle with all of those things. Um, and and literally, I mean, we we had about six months during our marriage, um, when Terry was born, where uh, we were separated, um, just because we were dumb kids, mm-hmm. but um, um. But literally, from yesterday's date, 49 years, we've been together. Mm-hmm. So it was right. This is the one for life.
1: This is the one for
3: life.
2: And and whoever would have thought that our life would have taken the turn that it did?
3: Just, yeah. You know, the, the all-knowing God who knows the beginning, the middle, and the end of all parades called our lives. You know, he was fashioning and forming and making sure you know he would put his hand up when you or i would try to go the wrong direction you know to lead us back and in, we, we in tried a bunch of
2: times oh yeah yeah we tried a bunch of the reason i wanted to, wanted to share the story paula was because um what i'd like everybody in the audience to do and i and my church knows this all the time i'm trying to get them to to, to believe big things from god um when I got saved, there were people in our lives who couldn't believe that God would take me to heaven. Mm-hmm. When I told people that I was called to be a pastor, uh, one of the guys that was instrumental in, in bringing me to faith, uh, he looked at me and said, look, just be glad that God saved you. Mm-hmm. But with everything you've done, there's no way he can use you. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I believed and what I want the people in our listening audience to understand is that God has a plan that you can't even begin to imagine. And if you believe in him, understand his goodness and his precious thoughts towards you, um, there's no place off limits. There's no place that's impossible for you to go or or anything impossible for you to do. Mm-hmm. And we look back now on—I've been saved 28 years—and—and and I knew I was called to be a pastor within the first six months of being saved. Um, I mean, it, we look back on it now, and it really does seem like 28 years. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I mean, just 28 years. I—I I mean, 28 minutes. It's 28 minutes. It just has gone by so, so fast. And—and it's—it's hard now to look back. And and remember all the great things God has done. We just know there's been so many. But the point is they happen every day. I think too many of us, we just sort of get up and kind of go with the flow and forget that we have a God who can move mountains, a God who can move impossible obstacles if we just walk with him and trust him.
3: Remember we had, a, remember we had a, a, a truck that we paid a dollar for. And... The Lord says, go to San Antonio. We have no money. We're like 50 cents to get uphill and would coast downhill. And so God says, okay, I want you to go to San Antonio, Texas. Well, this, just some of those things. A guy in the church we went to um, was a mechanic at a community college. He was
2: a shop teacher.
3: Shop teacher.
2: At a junior college, community okay. college.
3: So he says, let me have your truck. He fixed up our truck. It had it had no air conditioning in it. Um, Probably the heat didn't probably work either uh, for when it would get winter. I mean, that truck ran so smoothly for us to get here. It's kind of one of those things where God says, um, I already know what what you need to get where you need to be to do what I am asking you to do. So I'll take care of that. we didn't even I don't even know if we prayed for that as far as. God, we can't go across the desert in this, you know. And the Lord says, oh, sure you can, but I I got a plan. It'll be worked out. Um, Getting here, not having, we had a little bit of money, but we only had enough money really maybe to live here for a month. Um, And God says, well, why don't you go down this street and what for you while you're out walking and turn into this apartment complex and talk to, uh, uh, it was a lady named Heidi. And she says, well, I, I, you know, you don't have a job or anything, but I trust you. So I'm going to here's an apartment for you. God says, see, I told you we get in the apartment. We have no stuff, no stuff. But when we were still in California, the Lord had given you the name of one of those the people who were were in your, the Bible college with you who had a family here. So she says, call them when you get there. So we called them when it, we got here.
2: And actually, she made me promise mm-hmm. to call.
3: Yeah. So you kept your word, called them, and then they had a hard time finding the apartment complex, but they didn't give up. And so instead of maybe an hour for them to find us, it took them almost four hours to find us. When they got there, they had a huge moving truck with pretty much everything we needed to live in our apartment. Um, Yeah, it was just, I mean, that's just starting. And then. You know, they come to me at the apartment complex because neither one of us had a job and you weren't supposed to work at all. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So the apartment people come to, you know, our door because on the application, they saw that I had a little bit of a cleaning business back in California. So they started coming to ask me, uh, would you clean an apartment? Would you clean another apartment? And would you? And it turned into a job. I didn't have to go anywhere. So even the $1 we paid for a truck didn't have to go very far.
2: Tell the story about the guy who came to our apartment was going to kill himself.
3: Yeah. Yeah, because that was one of those days where I was just having a hissy fit. And I've told this story before, too. I was having a hissy fit because it was hot. You know, in some of the apartments, they didn't have air conditioning. And most of them were abandoned. And, you know, there's fleas and maggots and... I'm filthy and uh, I'm whining one day and the Lord had allowed me and so had the apartment complex, you know, because they knew why we really were there, even though I'm sure they were kind of snickering. Oh yeah, there's the pastor's wife cleaning these filthy apartments. Ha ha ha. Um, But the little blue flyers that said Calvary Chapel San Antonio apartment 414. (laughs) Um, Anyway, one time when I was at home on my so-called lunch break, where I'm stinky and dirty and nasty, but my apartment smells like baby powder and Old Spice because <laughs> you were just taking a shower and stuff. and You know, you're like, you lo- I love you, and you, know, you wanted to kiss me. I was like, don't even touch me. Don't even. I'm so nasty. Look at my jeans. If you take my fingernail and just go up my jeans, look at all the stuff that comes off, and I'm just having a fit. You know, this isn't fair kind of a thing, and then this guy knocks on the door. And he says, has that blue flyer in his hand. And he says, is this where the pastor lives? Because I had entered the door and I was like, yeah. And uh, he said, is he here? And I started to say, well, can't you smell he's here? Because this is not the good smell is not me. You know, just all irritated. And um, he says, oh, my goodness, I need to talk to him. And so I go away. And um, as I'm walking to go down the stairs, if you he weren't here, I was just getting ready to kill myself. And so I finished walking down the stairs as he's going into the apartment to talk with you. And, and the Lord didn't say anything. He didn't have to. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. He goes, Paula, I'm working a plan. I know what I'm doing. Can you just serve me? And... Okay, for the rest of this day, I'm yours, Lord. Yeah, I can't promise tomorrow, but um, I'm sorry, Lord. So, yeah, I go back into the apartment where the people had had ferrets, and you're not supposed to have ferrets in the apartment, and it was just nasty. And, you you know, they tell you, if you have on white socks, you're going to see all the fleas and stuff on your white socks. Well, my my shoes and my socks were just covered, and yet I was able to rejoice. Lord, maybe just one person was saved today because... You know, and that's how the Lord did. He gave it all. Me just cleaning little nasty apartment's is nothing compared to what He did to save us. So, those are just a few other things.
2: I remember, you know, we had so many things come up. Um, our, our very first Sunday service. We 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 started in, in May thirty first is our birthday as a church. Yeah, but we're only doing Wednesday nights, and. Um, I really hadn't thought about, you know, hardly anybody was coming on Wednesday night, and it was very discouraging. People say, uh, what are you here for? I'm a pastor. Well, where's your church? Oh, it's in our apartment. <laughs> and, and and hardly anybody was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had our very first convert, a Catholic um, um, airman yeah. um, who has become a colonel in the Air Force in the interim years. Um, he was really mad. I mean, he was a graduate of Notre Dame. He, he uh, was a cradle Catholic. Um, and for the first couple of times he came to our church, he just sat there angry. Um, finally, one day he comes and, and gives his life to Jesus. Well, he was getting transferred out, as the the, the student pilots do. And he said, but, but I want to get baptized. So uh, I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, um, you know, Meet tomorrow on Sunday, and then I want you to meet every Sunday. And I thought, oh, I can't take any more discouragement. Nobody's coming on Wednesday. If people don't come twice a week, what's going to happen, Lord? Mm-hmm. But, but you know, we were obedient. I didn't have any say-so in the matter. Well, the Saturday night before our very first Sunday service, <laughs> we're sitting in our apartment. We had an upstairs apartment. And, and at this time, we, we had been meeting in the recreation center of the apartment complex. Mm-hmm and um we, i saw out my out the window this orange glow and all i could think Paul, Paul what's that orange glow out there <laughs> and you looked out the window and the recreation center where mm-hmm. we met was on fire totally engulfed in flames mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all I could do was sit there and now we don't have a church, what are we going to do? I said, well, we're going to have to meet here tomorrow. So we met in the apartment, but the whole idea was to baptize this guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And there were three pools in the apartment complex, and all three of them were absolutely covered in ash.
3: Yeah.
2: fire department came, and by the way, fire people have a really tough job. Yeah, I mean, those guys were in danger. I was out there watching it yeah. and praying for them. The whole time. And there
3: was asbestos and everything oh. in that place.
2: Ugh. But... All of the, the the pools were so nasty, nobody with their right mind would get, get in one. Mm-hmm. And we had a baptism yeah. scheduled.
3: Yeah, and I said, ooh, thank you, Mark, for not asking me to come in the water. Yeah. I'll be but over here praying for you.
2: I, I, I told Mark, <laughs> I said, look, the, the pools are a mess, mm-hmm. but I'm willing if you're willing. He says, I'm getting baptized today no matter what. So we yeah. went in that filthy yeah. water, came out black. Yeah, The ashes yeah. were so much. Yeah. But baptized our very first convert. Yeah. And... um didn't have a recreation center to meet in anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we met in the apartment complex for about a year and a half. Yeah. But just things like that happen all the time. Mm-hmm.
3: And um, you know, what, Pastor, I was just thinking as you're talking, Pastor Ron, <laughs> uh, as, as you're talking, you know, some people might have thought, well, that, that, that sounds like a sign from God that you shouldn't have had it on Sunday or you shouldn't have, you know, started your church or anything. But no, a lot of those are tests from the Lord to see if you're going to be faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we can't let
2: circumstances change what we know God said to us. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we were meeting in a daycare center. Uh, when we, we they, they finally rebuilt the, the recreation center, mm-hmm. and we outgrew it. Yeah, And so we're meeting in a daycare center, and um, there was just so many things that were going on. Uh, and I remember it was coming up on Easter, and I just had the fleeting thought, and this is the way the Lord works. I had this fleeting thought, well, you know, um, there's 80 chairs in in the daycare center. And I said, because it's Easter, we might have more people, so let's do two services. I remember that. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, no, you're always going to have two services. And I thought, oh, we can't have two services. It's silly. We're not filling up the 80 chairs. Uh, that first Easter Sunday in, in of two services Uh, We filled up both services. Uh, We're pretty much full the rest of the time that we were there. And it's just like God taking our hand. You know, in the study last night, Paula, I talked about uh, uh, a little child will lead them. You know, the the lamb and the lion and the the, the little boy with the asp and all those things. Mm -hmm. And, And a little child will lead them. Well, I felt like that little child. Through all of those years um, walking with the Lord, he was just kind of leading and directing to to the places. All we'd do is be faithful to keep walking. And um, all of this to say that that God will take you on just an unbelievable journey through life Mm -hmm. if you give him the opportunity to do
3: it. I'm laughing under my breath because before we left California in one of my many journals... I have this very, like, stick people, uh, that's my kind of drawing, the stick people drawing, with you at a racetrack behind a pulpit
2: teaching God's Word. Now, for those of you who don't know my story, I I lost everything, uh, gambling. I used to own racehorses and and bet on racehorses for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, And yet, Paula had this vision. Now go ahead.
3: Okay. And in that vision, you know, again, a lot of people are in the stands, and you're telling them about Jesus, and I mean, my little stick people uh, drawing. Anyway, one day, because we don't have any money, we don't have any thought, so we're in this particular location, and a man comes over. He was shopping at one of the other stores, and he saw the Calvary Chapel up there on our sign, and... He asked, "Is this a Calvary Chapel like the Calvary Chapel in California?" Well, "Yeah." "Oh, well, I'm the chaplain over here at Rotama. Was it that? Was it called that at Park the? T- okay, Rotama over here, and um, you know, we have people here that that need to hear about Jesus. Do you think you could come and do something on Easter Sunday? That's how our sunrise services started, mm-hmm. and so that first... Easter sunrise I looked at my journal and I looked where you were you're at a racetrack a horse racetrack and you're teaching people about Jesus and we have a a one gentleman in our church that um, he's been here for a very long time and you gave an altar call and it blew him away that a pastor would give an altar call on Easter Sunday and people would get saved I was just blown away too. I was like, I have this picture. You know, again, if I mean, it sounds silly to have drawn that. It sounds silly to have believed that, and yet there it was. Yeah.
2: But see, that's that's how big God is and and um he gives us what we need, usually no more. Uh he takes us through all of these tests, and on the other end of every test is a blessing. Yeah. And that's been kind of the story of our twenty four almost twenty four years here yeah
3: you know another one just recently <clears throat> um, just the fact of asking our our daughter in law to come here you know to the women 's retreat, and so she's in the room i don't know if I told you this, but she was in the room um, with me on the second night, the first night, the other girls grabbed her and said, Come stay with us, come stay with us, so anyway, um, she goes, you know how why and I answered your invitation, right did I tell you this mm she said um, that when she got my text, she was on a field trip and she was in uh, like a chapel or like a mission, a mission chapel and she was looking up and Jesus was on the cross, hanging hanging on the cross and then she get this text, she looks down and it's me saying, do you want to come to our women's retreat? And she looked back up at (laughs) Jesus on the cross (laughs) and she said how can I say no? (laughs) So,
2: and, and see, she's our unsaved daughter now, uh-huh. and she was really blessed at the retreat. She
3: really was. Very and we think sir. she's close. I think
2: her she name is Lori, close. if you want to pray for her. In L-O-R-E-E.
3: The but, yeah, yes.
2: So. Well, Paula, we're now uh, just a little over one minute to go on the program, so what do you want to close with?
3: Um, the fact that, you know, when you start talking about Jesus um, and remembering all the good things um, that he has done for you, and, you know, you said you're going to talk about a depression show. Um if anybody was or has been dealing with any kind of depression, if you'll sit and remember all the good things that Jesus has done for you, it will get your focus up. And that's what we've been talking about lately as well is look up. Look up instead of looking out at your circumstances or looking down. You know, you know, why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of times, Paula, that we get so close to our pain that we were unable to see Jesus. Just look up. Just look a little better. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. You've been listening to The Date, the edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630. The Word. We'll see you then.
3: Bye bye.
0: Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh.